Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your tournament reaction pod for the Sony Open. And joining me to break it all down, Mark Immelman is here. Hey, Mark, how's it going? Hey, what's up, boys? You know what? The, what, what a great event, as always, at this place. But you know what the end of the Sony Open means to me? It means West Coast golf, bro. And we have <laughs> to see places uh, like Torrey Pines, Riviera, Pebble Beach. Uh, hello. <laughs> That's right. We're going to kick off a great stretch of California golf, but we've got Hawaii golf to talk about. And Jonathan Coachman, the coach, is also here to help break it all down. How's it going, Coach? Uh, it, it's going great. I had a great Sunday. Uh, I really enjoyed the tournament this week, and, and I love Kevin. Nall. I love his post-round interviews, and we all did pretty well with our picks. So that's the most important thing here on the show is we have fun, we do good picks, and it was a really popular winner. If you like the fact that we've been doing this by my count six days a week after each round coming at you with news and daily fantasy and reactions after each round, do me a favor, go drop a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, hit that like button, subscribe on YouTube. We're on YouTube. Video versions of these pods are also available and turn on your notifications so you get every single episode right away. Gentlemen, the Sony Open has been won by Kevin Na, the fourth victory in the past four seasons, which coach uh, T- uh, Kevin Na was very aware of that stat. The four, oh, yeah. the four years in a row, Todd Lewis had him after the round. He's asking him about it. And Kevin Na butts in and says, oh, that's four years in a row, by the way. Don't forget about that. Uh, you know, to think how far Kevin Na has come in the last, I don't know, decade or so and now he's amongst those who have won four consecutive years i mean it's it's really a great story he, he and he after afterwards really put a nice bow on it and he, and he talked about and I, I really am anxious to hear mark's take on this when asked what the difference was or what's been the biggest thing and he went directly to his home life he went directly to the wife he went directly to the kids he's like she's supportive and i think sometimes we discount that guys on when somebody's not playing well or they, they go through a cold streak and they oh, what's the matter with their game? Or what's the matter with why, why aren't they finishing top 10s or top 20s? Sometimes it can be as simple as they're just not in a very good headspace. And I thought it was great that he pointed that out, gave them credit. And when you're happy at home, you play good on the golf course. He also had to hold off a lot of really good players today. And you can probably look at five or six guys that right now are sitting in that clubhouse or in that locker room kicking themselves because they could have won today and they didn't so coach you mean something to say something other than strokes gained off the tee i mean this is strokes <laughs> yes. game game of the household yeah, yeah you, you bring up such a good point and and to now rick um of those victories i've been fortunate enough to be on hand for three of the four mm. and calling you know with my eyes on the play two of those three and and he's just such a gutsy, such a gritty campaigner. And there's this never say die attitude. And and you heard him say in the post round comments to build on what coach was saying. He goes, I was just like, okay, let's get off to the back nine. Let's play aggressive. Let's make birdies. And and that's who he is. And and I love stories where you see these guys where they find this sort of the secret, if you will, the the the, the recipe to success when they enter their forties on the PGA tour because. You know, the game is still a game of wisdom. The game is still a game of understanding. And the game is still a game where you got to understand who really who you are. And and you heard him speak about when he got out on tour. I mean, he turned pro when he was a teenager. And yeah. there were so many lessons learned. He played over in Asia. And and his parents backed him through it all, which he says was a big deal for him. But but now he has the benefit of, of all these years on tour. And now he's parlaying that stuff into success. And And I just love the mindset where a guy can say, well, there are a few courses where I have to make my hay. Mm-hmm. And you look at them, 
One at Greenbrier. It's that sort of a CB McDonald all cell course. Wins at Colonial. Same sort of deal as Wyla. Same deal over there. And of course, Vegas, he lives in town, so he gets golf around there. So, so I mean, what a what a seasoned veteran. And uh, I mean, it, it was a it was a masterclass performance to me. It was a final round 65 that included a necessary birdie on 18 to wrap this thing up in regulation. A shot clear of Chris Kirk and Joaquin Neiman. But coach, I kind of want to mine into this because Kevin Na is kind of a strange bird, right? I mean, outside of the elite players, uh, he kind of has this killer instinct that Mark was alluding to this, this momentum. Like there was really not a time on Sunday where I was like, Kevin Na like he's in control. Like he's definitely in control of this. And I think it's, it's funny with nah, where whatever direction he gets going in coach, whether it is full steam ahead or full steam behind, uh, you can't stop him. So it's either going to be a victory or, you know, he's just as likely to crash and burn. It's a really interesting case study. Isn't it funny how, when you're watching a tournament on TV, how you can really feel the momentum of all the different players, to your point, I never felt like Brendan Steele was going to win this golf court golf tournament at all. Even when he got it to minus 21, I didn't feel like he was going to going to do it because Kevin Na, especially after his post round yesterday, and we talked about it on the show last night, he said, if I can just putt okay, make a couple more today, I'm going to win. He didn't say, I can win. He goes, I think I'll do pretty well. I think I'll win tomorrow. And that confidence and going back on all these years, and he even said in the post round too, he's like, listen – I drew on all of these experiences that I've had the last 18 years on the PGA Tour. And I believe he's so well-liked because he is a, a rare bird. He's the only dude I know that can score a 17 on a hole and laugh about it. And then the <laughs> next time you go there, leave something inside where he did it at. He just I, – I wish more players were like him, and I wish more players embraced the competitive spirit – like he does. Well, you know, to that, Coach, the one thing about Kevin Na, and I love when he wins because he goes into his little uh, Korean sort of monologue where he thanks the fans over there, which I think is just it, – it's evidence of his class as a human being. But to that, he's he's adopted this mentor kind of a role. And you see him with the young Korean guys. It began with Sang Moon Bay and company. Now you see him out there with Sung J.M. and some of the youngsters coming through playing practice rounds with him sort of lending them the 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 wisdom and the experience that he's garnered over his years on tour and 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 he will then admit to whoever asks him you know these guys are good and and he is quite prepared to be the mentor and and that speaks to 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 someone who's thankful for what he's gotten from the game and and it's not like this all me mentality he's like man everything has been sunshine and lollipops for me and so i'm going to now pass on the rest to 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 the youngsters coming through and he does and for that i mean i would rank him as one of my top 10 favorite guys in the pga tour because he is just yeah. he's a diamond all around he's must see television uh no matter what is going on and coach i want to go back to to what we kind of talked about at the top four consecutive seasons with a victory for Kevin Na, which I think is important. It shows not only that you're on top of your game, but also a, a sense of, of longevity. I think it's important. And <laughs> Kevin Na literally starting to carve out his spot in history with this stat. So currently at four, if he got to five, he would join Justin Thomas, Hale Irwin, and Fred Couples. Tom wow. Watson and Greg Norman have six. I mean, I, I just think wow. you know it's kind of a manufactured stat, Coach, but I do also think it tells a bigger story than than maybe we want to believe. I believe that it also tells us a story, and this goes along with what uh, Mark was saying, and it also what Kevin Kisner said this week is that when you put your schedule together, you can only play so many weeks. You can't be Sun JM and play every single week. So not only is he picking the right golf courses to go and play, but he's got to know that if he wants to win, there's only that what Mark five maybe mm -hmm. six courses on the yeah. PGA Tour that he can win on. And he doesn't have the mentality that Kevin Kisner said, well, the reason I show up is to play a lot of money for 20th place. He shows up to win. But he has to go to the courses where he can play well. And to put him in the category with some of these names, to do it every single year, and to grind and to have that competitive spirit, and for winning to mean that much to you after all of these years, I think is, is really cool. Rick, along those lines, I just think it's a huge deal to win for so many seasons in a row. I mean... 
two seasons in a row to get victories is a big deal because you heard Justin uh, Leonard, who's won a major championship of players and multiple events, um, say it's just so hard to win on the tour. And Justin hung up the spikes a ways back and is doing a great job in television, in my opinion. But it's hard to win. And to win two seasons in a row, you are doing yeoman's work. And when you get to three, four, five, six, seven, eight, that's why you see names on this list that you do. I mean, you don't stumble into multiple seasons in a row. You've got to be good. And Kevin Nah is one of those guys, again, that he does his business whenever he plays. You know, there's there's a group of players on the tour. I would sort of count a handful, maybe two hands full of them. But when they sign their scorecard, it's the lowest score they could make on that day. And Kevin Nah is by far and away one of those. You get some of these these sort of thoroughbreds, you know, that'll whenever they sign the card, it's one or two higher than it should have been. Mm-hmm. Not Kevin Nah. Every time he tees it up, he is all guts. He's resilient, and he is going to scratch and claw until he gets the best number possible. I once asked Joe LaCava when I was playing golf with him one day, I said, what's the biggest difference between a normal golfer and a PGA Tour pro that's a champion? Without even blinking an eye, Joe said to me, the ability to finish. He didn't say the ability to win. He said the ability to finish a round, and that plays into what Mark was just saying. Because if you finish a round over the course of four days and you picked up a stroke here and a stroke there, all of a sudden now you picked up five, seven, nine strokes. That can turn into a victory sometimes, and that's what he does. And I hate to make this about the FedEx Cup real fast, but, (laughs) okay, you do that every week you play, and all of a sudden you find yourself in the final 30 at the finale at Eastlake, Mm -hmm. and then just one or two balls have to go in your direction, and all of a sudden you got yourself a handsome payday. You're you're basically guaranteeing your schedule for the conceivable future. And the the off course, you know, financial ramifications are gigantic. So so it's, it's amazing, you know. You just find the best in every round. How that will add up at season's end. Yeah, 18th at East Lake ain't so bad for the pocketbook. Uh, to put that streak into perspe- uh, perspective, Rory McIlroy has only uh, done three seasons in a row. One uh, an event three seasons in a row, which is kind of crazy to think about. Um, one of the best stories of this Sony Open, Mark, was Chris Kirk. Um, first of all, there's there's so much that goes into this from both a on-the-course and off-the-course perspective. So off-the-course, he's been very candid about how he's been uh, fighting a battle with with alcoholism and, and depression and from a kind of on the course perspective he this was his last start of his of his medical exemption he needed a two-way tie for third or better to retain his status and oh by the way wouldn't you know it a tie for second chris kirk retains his status i mean what a story these are the stories i love um because every week, and we talk about it on this podcast, and it's the one thing I'm very proud of, you know, what P- producer Jacob does, and then what we do too, because it's easy to fall into lockstep and talk about, you know, the uh, the the saucy stories and, and who the winner is week in and week out. But every week, there's a story or two that sometimes doesn't really make the headlines, but it's meaningful to the individual at hand. And every single one of these guys, all 125, whoever, how many got their their membership right now, they are grinding their proverbial peaches off, man. These guys are working day in, day out, night in, night out. The sacrifice that goes in there, and you heard Kevin and I talk about his wife, how she stood behind him and everything. Everybody around there is making sacrifices. And then you get some of these stories like Chris Kirk's, which, you know, is is grisly in its own right, but it, they, these are human beings. And and he fell into a place where he was relying on, on alcohol to sort of alleviate some of the stress, whatever it was. and to come out like he did, to be candid like he did, to be open to answering questions like he did, that is manful in itself. Uh, and then to just come through the way he did. I mean, there was a stage, you talk about Kevin now always looking like he was going to win. To me, Chris Kirk looked like he had been doing this for the last two, three, four years. I mean, he looked so calm, so collected there. And, and But for a putt on 17 that bounced, we might be having Immelman win that one bet that he took for the playoff. I'm sorry, Mark, go ahead. No, no, no. I was just going to say, I mean, he has a guy. I was so happy that he, he did what he did. But if you had to catch Chris Kirk right now, I'm sure everyone around him is jacked that he's he's gotten his playing privileges back. But he's probably going to be on the plane tonight. 
going, dang, I I should have won that thing. I had a chance to win this thing. We we use that word pressure all the time, don't we? And 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 when you talk about the top guys, we don't talk about the money a lot. But when you're not having the pressure of money and keeping your 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 card and 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 paying rent, but when you lose it and you've got to uh, figure out another way to make a living for an extended period of time, and and Chris Kirk probably would have gotten some sponsors exemptions, but then that runs into the pressure of having to perform there too. So uh, today was real pressure and he was able to come through his back nine was probably the best back nine. He'll probably tell you that he's ever played in his life in order to get to that point. Cause he didn't start the round very well, but he certainly came through very strong. And uh, the story's great. And now he doesn't have to worry about it anymore. He can set up his schedule uh, and play the rest of the year. Yeah, I think we're a bit desensitized to it sometimes. We're going to have, you know, 50 podcasts this season and we're going to talk about 50 winners and we're going to do all that fun stuff. And there's a lot more going on for a lot of these guys. And the next name we're going to talk about, Mark Joaquin Neiman, you know, he's been playing for his little cousin nephew i can't remember the relation but trying to raise the money uh needed to literally save a life now he goes back to back second place finishes at the tournament of champions and the sony open not only is he playing top tier golf he's got a reason for just a hair more motivation well these guys are just like you and i and everyone listening to this you know some locker so, some some bulletin board locker room sort of material is always a good thing to to kind of keep the intensity up now the one thing about jacko neiman is he doesn't need any help on the intensity front that boy is all business he's young he's fresh um he, he is <laughs> he's got all of the tools he's he's got he's the complete package but the the fact that he's doing this you know speaks to just the maturity of the young man too, because it's easy because I've been around a lot of these youngsters when they get on the tour, you know, it's all, you know, it's, it's all glitter and glam and it's all the money and it's the fancy events and it's the corporate outings and it's the, the fun pairings and television and all this sort of deal. And it's easy to get a little, you know, inward in one's thinking and it's easy to get a bit introverted and, 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 and the world begins to sort of end by the end of your nose where here's a young guy who's 22 He's got a wise head on young shoulders over here, and he's and he's allowing his skill to help other people. You know, granted, you know, folks close to him, but this money will go far and wide. And and God bless him, my man. I hope he makes plenty more birdies because when you start to make different, when you start making a difference like this, I'm like, get after it, buddy. I'm a fan. That's right. It's his infant cousin. Thank you, producer Jacob, clearing that up. And coach, you know, we talk about the perspective and versus reality a lot on here. And Joaquin Neiman didn't feel like he had a chance all day long because he wasn't kind of run until until maybe we got to 17 and he chips in you're like oh my gosh he's 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 in this thing he can pull this off. And I think that's even a, a testament to his game is I didn't think he played all that well on Sunday. It didn't feel like he was in contention and he's just hanging around with a chance like that. Like if you give yourself enough opportunities like that, knock at the door enough times, it's going to open up. There are very few guys on tour that when they're playing badly, you don't see. And I think we all do. We fall on the app and we're looking at our guys and we're looking at our draft Kings and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> There's very few guys that when they start playing badly, you don't see that plus in front of their name for the round. And today he had a plus one for several holes, and then he started to get it going. He started making the, the birdies when he needed to. And I think that's the secret between a really, really good player who has all the tools and that's going to be a great champion and win many, many events. And I think we all believe that Joaquin Neiman is going to be one of those players. And just a guy who can play three good rounds and he drops off in the fourth. Uh, and Speaking that's what that. he is today. So great for him doing but also uh, great for him to always showing up in every single event. Hey, speaking of a guy who plays three good rounds and then one not so good round, he just joined us, pal. (laughs) (laughs) No, I just, I just wanted to add to this real fast. You know, when, when I used to call a radio on, on the PGA tour, you know, you, you're with a group for a while. And, and if you're one of the elder statesmen, you get the final group and then the young bucks like me, we'd get the chaser or whatever the case might, whatever the case might be. And, and there's so many situations where your guy gets to going crazy and you're like, okay, now I'm starting to prepare for the winning call sometime, somewhere around like 15, 16, 17, right? Because you don't want to get caught with your pants down. But I'll tell you this for certain, in all of the events that I've been at and called, you never know. 
and and our little group chat i was having some fun there every time i've put the little avocado there because i was like i'm not giving up on my one and done boy because it's not done especially at this golf course you know 16 is hard 17 is a tough bar three and 18 anything can happen and when that sort of stuff happened i was like i'm, I'm really not that surprised i wouldn't be surprised if someone would go ahead and eagle um 18 so you know that's the beauty about these events like next week you'll say the same thing it's not done until the final hole uh, putts hold I know that sounds a bit cliched, but it really is the truth at some of these courses. It's absolutely right. I'll give him a proper introduction. Rounding out our foursome here, Kyle Porter has joined the pod. KP, welcome. Good to have you. How are we doing? Better We're not great. Here, brother. <laughs> yeah. Is that an AFC uh, Champions uh, hat, Coach? Uh, yeah, I've got a few cheese. I'm a diehard cheese fan, so I'm just in, in. I'm rolling with my homies today, so. Uh, yeah, I, don't I, I, I forgot to take it off. I forgot to take it off. I can't, I, I could not have been emotionally invested in that game while watching the Sony open at the same time. That was too much. I don't, I don't know how you're here. I don't know how you're performing right now. I'm wiped. <laughs> I'm wiped. Well, I'm, I'm a true professional in every sense of the word, uh, but I'm wiped. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I've got some takes. Can I, can yeah, I just, yeah, unload? just, I mean, the floor is yours. Have it. Okay. So one Neiman. I thought won the Hawaii swing. I know you guys were just talking about him. I know he didn't raise a trophy, but to me, he, he, we, we walk away from Hawaii thinking about him the most differently of anybody. Um, and I think he's going to have a great year. And we talked about that. We've talked about this all week. Like he's, I think he's going to have an awesome year uh, to the Kirk story. I thought was, it felt a little, I wrote this afterwards. It felt a little Stuart sink over Tom Watson. Uh, at, at one point, it wasn't quite as dramatic as that, but um, you know, not winning over Kirk. I thought Kirk was, uh, was, was really the big story there. Uh, and then I had a third one that I forgot that I'll probably remember later. Okay. Well, when you do let us know, but we have to cover the guy who entered Sunday with a two shot lead and Mark now two Sundays in a row in Honolulu have not exactly gone in the direction that Brendan Steele would have liked. Yeah, this one will be tough to stomach. Uh, you know, last year's misstep, that that th that would be with him. And and then to, to have a lead with nine holes to play, in fact, to come off an eagle on the ninth hole uh, after a, just a perfect drive, done a narrow driving hole, I must say. Everyone says, oh, well, nine's a guaranteed birdie. Well, that fairway's like single file with a big net down the left-hand side and OB on the right. And um, to make eagle there after a perfect drive and just a perfect iron into the, in, into the ideal spot, and to roll the putt in, I'm like, look out. Um, maybe we are learning lessons from last time around and we're going to win because he's done this before. You know, he's won it down at the Valero Texas Open and he's won on some demanding venues. So, uh, And then I, I thought it was a little unfortunate, the break that he got there on the 10th hole. But that's what golf is. But then to win, you've got to do what Kevin Nard did. Um, you make a mistake, but you bounce right back. Uh, and the guy who wins the boxing match is the guy that goes down but gets up. He, he might take the standing eight count, but he gets up and he's going to keep boxing. And, and Brendan looked like he sort of lost a little momentum. You know, I can forgive maybe the bogey on 10, which was unfortunate. But then he sort of hits a wipey tee shot down 11. You know, a strange selection there on the second shot. You know, when you've got nothing but fairway in front, you should drill that thing into the middle of the green. That's not a birdie sort of an attempt. So to make a uh, – he made a good up and down in the end, but he sort of looked like he began to play not defense, but he just wasn't playing like the guy who played on the front side. And, and maybe it was like I've got the lead and I'm just going to try and pad this thing. But that's like playing prevent defense in the NFL. It just doesn't work on the PGA Tour, especially at a place like Wyala. Uh, You've you got to not be stupid aggressive, but you've got to get putts to the hole. Yeah. You, you, you've got to be convinced about your plays off the tee. You, you've got to try and hit the ball to right spots where you can putt aggressively. And, and, and I just didn't see that. And so I, I, it felt to me like he was watching the whole thing unfold. And maybe there was some of that, oh, no, is this happening again? Because I can tell you this, that happens for these guys, even these, these the best in the world. He, he it was a bit of a spectator on Sunday. And KP, let's get you involved on this one because we often talk about – the impacts of something that is kind of a birdie fest. And when you start slow, which in theory is what 
Brendan Steele did by parring his first six holes and had a couple of, you know, three and a half footers for par that he had to knock in. Those are a bit stressful. And you're watching everybody else make birdies around you and you start thinking, oh boy, is it happening again? Uh, Like, you know, if this wasn't such a low scoring event, he wouldn't have to get out to such a quick start. But I feel like he, to Mark's point, he turned into a spectator a little bit. Yeah, it it very much becomes like, (laughs) I mean, you got to go out and shoot, what, 60... Three all all or sixty four, I guess all four days to to go in the tournament. So it's, I think when some, I think at some events when we look at them like at a, I don't know a memorial or or somewhere like that that's kind of tough. We look at the fifty four hole leader and say, well, it's his to lose, and that's just not really true at an event like this one because you still got to go out and shoot sixty four the next day because somebody's going to shoot sixty three, sixty two whatever and catch you so i i think we just i think sometimes we look at all 54 hole leads as being created equal and and they're really not and this one i think is maybe the like, like this one among others is is kind of among the least of them Coach, I want to get your thoughts on this as well, but I I want to direct a comment uh, from Mitch in the chat to you he said who had the better performance today Kevin Na or Chad Henney we'll start with that <laughs> well, I'm going to go with Chad Henney because you got to have the gazungas the size of this to not stop and go. You're going to have me throw on fourth down with the AFC, you know, <laughs> so I mean that 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 took a lot, in my opinion, to call that play and execute that play. So I'm going to say Chad Henning, but I, I want to take a different take on Brendan Steele for a second because he even uh, kind of set the table for us earlier this week when he said, "Hey, we've had a long layoff, so you better bet on me." He's got to figure it out on why he's not consistently showing up on leaderboards when the schedule calls for two or three weeks in a row. How come he only shows up at the Safeway after there's been two or three weeks off and and it's a new season? If he wants to be a 70 to 125 FedEx Cup player, that's fine. But if he wants to be a guy that consistently competes for wins, he's got to figure out why this doesn't happen more and why he needs a big break in order to play well. That was my takeaway from him not finishing the job today. It wasn't that he almost did it. It's why can he only do it at certain times? Go ahead, Mark. I thought you were going to jump in. Yeah, yeah. I I, I wanted to quickly add. I mean, I was quickly just glancing through the scores while you guys were talking. And, you know, we can talk about the slow start, but he shot 32 on the front. And I haven't looked at everything. And that was one of the lowest scores on the front, given some of those whole locations out there. So he sort of did what he needed to do. And, And then on the back nine, I'm not saying that I'm some know-it-all, right? But, but, but when you go from moving a ball habitually from right to left, like Steele used to, and he's told me a story where he was playing a practice round with Phil, and, and Phil said to him, hey, just play with a grip that you've got. Just learn to quell your draw a little bit. And he told him to hit balls out of a fairway bunker to, to sort of neaten that up some. So Brendan's worked hard on that with Rick Smith, and then he's work, got his new instructor, name slips in my mind, but it was on the bag for him this week. And... When you've seen a golf course in right to left, and then you basically move your game to go in the opposite direction, which is essentially done. It's the ball sort of straight to peeling to the right-hand side. I still have to wonder deep down. Now, I'm not discounting Brendan at all. He's a, he's a very talented golfer. Just hits the ball marvelously. But if you've been playing this shape for nine, 80% of your career, now you're going in this direction, and then you've got to do that under pressure, I've got to believe that's hard to really go to because when the chips are down, you're going to become the most base version of yourself. And, and, and unless you Tiger Woods or Nick Faldo or maybe one or two other guys in the history of the game that have almost rebuilt themselves, that's a really hard thing to do. It's, well, it's easy to do, but it's a hard thing to then go and trust when the chips are down. And we've seen a couple of situations like last year at this event, he had a massive hook down the 18th hole that cost him the event, essentially. And then today, like I say, hitting the ball pretty solid, soundly, I thought. Hit a good one down 10, just missed slightly, gets on the edge of a bunker, unfortunate. And then hits that tee shot down on 12, where if he just hit one hard, he hit one way over the top of the corner because he's that long. But he sort of wiped the thing there, shortened to the right. And from then, it looked like a guy, because on the next hole, he, uh, he, he turned one down the lane. He went to the fade shot. But he was hit way shorter than he normally does because he's long off the tee. So it sort of looked like a guy that was sort of playing a bit more defensively just because it's like, is this fade going to show up when I want it to? Or is that dreaded hook shot now a thing that I have to look out for? Mm. 
It, it's it's fascinating stuff. Obviously, we'll keep an eye on, but I want to put a pin in Hawaii for now, and I want to look ahead towards the start of this California little West Coast swing action that we've got. And first up, it's not the Humana. It's not the Career Builder. It's not the Desert Classic. It's the American Express KP, a new name almost every single year, and it's going to look a little bit different this time around. We're only going to get a two-course rotation, La Quinta. That's gone. I guess maybe, wait, that's where they had the Bachelorette, right? La Quinta? Uh, yes, they did. Thank you. I knew, yes, I knew somebody did. here would have to know that. I, right? okay. I, I live two hours from there and I'm out there, I'm out there quite a bit. Yeah. Right. Okay, so La Quinta's out. It is just going to be uh, PGA West and Nicholas tournament course, cool. I believe. And I think we were saying it's now going to be a 36-hole cut. Uh, instead of a 54. So KP, we'll start here with you on this. John Rahm's back in the field. Matthew Wolf's playing. Sung J.M. There's question marks around Brooks Kepka. I mean, there are names and guys that are trying to get off to a good start in 2021. I can't believe Sung J.M. playing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Shock of the world. <laughs> is, uh, is Bill Clinton still involved in this event? Wasn't he involved with it for a while? No, he hasn't been for a while. Yeah, it's been like the Clinton Foundation was like six years ago, but it's had basically a new name every year since. Uh, Mickelson, so, uh, Mickelson is the host now. Yeah, Phil's the unofficial host. Yeah, so I think that yeah. I think there are a lot of I think there are a lot of intriguing storylines here. I mean, the the ones you just mentioned, Kepka. Ke, this feels like a a kind of sneaky big year for Kepka. I know we've been talking about that a little bit. Uh, it's a big year for Fowler. You know, yep. got to get in the Masters. He's not in. Um, and then Rom is just somebody who like, he, did he, he finished second here, right? Didn't Andrew Landry beat him here? Who was it? Yes. I think that's right. Andrew Landry. Um, this feels like a tournament that if you are a legit, like, Hey, I'm the number one guy in the world. Uh, you come out and, and if you don't win it, you're at least in like the top four and you're like, you're kind of in the mix on Sunday afternoon. So I think that, you know, while Sony, I think, is probably a more interesting course and maybe makes for a more um, kind of low-key, intriguing narratives like the Chris Kirk narrative, I think this one has more of the um, like bigger picture interesting narratives because just because of how many big names are in it. I want to mine into that, Kyle. You, you raise a really good point, and Coach, we'll, we'll go to you on this. I have three huge question marks next to the names of Brooks Kepka, Francesco Molinari, and Ricky Fowler. Those are the three that I'm like, wow, okay, what does 2021 hold for these three guys? And conceivably, like, I wouldn't be surprised to see a major championship in there, right? We've got Brooks Kepka in the mix, Ricky Fowler uh, coming off one of his worst 2020 or one of his worst years in 2020. And then, and then Molinari is a huge question mark right now. Hopefully finally settled in, in California. He played six times last year. Those are the three that I'm going to be really interested in how they kick off their 2021. And if uh, Ricky Fowler thought he, I don't think Ricky's going to make it to the masters to be honest with you, because he's going through this whole big swing change. And if he thinks he's going to win during the change, I, I just don't I think that's going to happen. I will tell you this, that last year I went to this event for the first time. I absolutely hated it. And here's why. Because Phil was the new host. And so Phil, being Phil, and it's not going to be like this, this year because I'm all the fans. But he called Luke Bryan. And he said, Luke, I want you to come and do a concert at this event. And Luke said, yes. So they had an extra... I think it was 60,000 people that showed up. And if you've never been to this course, it's like one lane in, one lane out. It took me no three park. hours. <laughs> right. There's no part. There's three no hours park. to get it. Yeah. It was absolute nightmare last year. And so I honestly don't even remember who won off the top of my head because it was such a bad experience. But this year is going to be different now. This year is going to be two courses, 36-hole cut. I don't even know if they're going to have fans or not. But regardless of whether they do or not, uh, I think to Kyle's point, this is where a big-time player comes in and says, I'm putting my stamp down. I'm dropping the mic. I'm showing everybody this is my year. And it feels like it's going to be a big name that wins it and not a guy like Francesco who's kind of falling off the map or a Brooks whose game still isn't there or, or Ricky Fowler. I love looking at these three guys. I just don't foresee them, any of those three, having a big year this year. I just don't. Was it uh, Hudson Swafford last year? No, Andrew Landry won it last year. Landry won it last year. Swafford won it a couple seasons ago, I believe. Gotcha. Uh, by the way, Will Zalatoris and 
Ricky Fowler are ranked right next to each other in the world golf rankings. Oh, they Not had for long. Ricky's 59. Ricky's 59 mm-hmm. and Zalatoris is 60. Think about telling somebody that this time last year. Yeah, so different, where's, different, so different. Add to, where's Jordan? Oh, I did, it, it, I, the first page didn't I, I didn't get past the first page so I, I don't know I think I think he's like 85 or 88 or something last time I looked he's uh 86 there you go he's right behind Taylor Gooch right behind Taylor Gooch and Brendan Steele and Thomas Detry that's crazy you see Rick this is where and I'm just building on both what Carl and, and coach had to say um if you want a barometer on where your game is, you go and play in the desert because it's like playing in a dome. I mean, you barely get any wind unless that Santa Ana blows, in which case they stop play because it blows a hooli <laughs> down the hill there. And then, I mean, golf balls are blowing off greens. But but the conditions are ordinarily pristine. You're never getting bad lies in the fairways. There's Bermuda grass burned out on either side of the fairway. So you're not going to get bad lies ever. And the only real problem you have is on a course like the stadium course where, you know, if you miss one, it's pretty punitive. It's in rocks or it's it's in water or such like that. But La Quinta is out of the rotation, which to me is sort of disappointing because it's a great old course. But the Nicholas course in this thing, I feel like right now you're going to see a leaderboard of people that are playing well. And I wouldn't be surprised at all, just for the record, when we're talking about Molinari, for him to play well, because he has played well there before, and he's probably been practicing. And to go yet to a place where, you know, the ball's flying the number you pick if you hit it solidly. You know, the putt's rolling on the line that it's supposed to because the greens are just so good. It's easy to start to find a little mojo, whether you're in form or out form, out of form and really start to get going. And then, Add to that, now these guys don't have to deal with uh, two different pro-am partners every day because that's what would happen when you move to each course. And now there's one more course out of the rotation, so there's one fewer course to learn. So now it's getting to a place where, like, if you're coming in here and you find a little something and you're striking the ball well, I, I have a sense that someone is going to go bananas like Reed did there a few years ago when he shot, like, straight 63s for three days. So, so it's the kind of place when you get there, you're like, dang, if I play badly, this is on me because I'm not getting balls gusted through the air. I'm not drawing bad lies unless it's in a dividend affair where it's, this is on you when you go to play in the desert. No fans, no ams, and scoring conditions should be a doozy next week at the American Express, which, by the way, you know, don't try to Google the American Express. You have to type in golf tournament, leaderboard, all this stuff. You can't find it because it's such a bad name. Either way, we've got to talk through betting carts. We've got to update our one and done standings. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. It's a really fine line creating workout clothes that are great in the gym and workout clothes that are also great to look at outside the gym. And Viore has threaded that needle. They are designed to work out in, but they don't look like it. They don't feel like it. And it's incredibly comfortable stuff, whether you are running, training, swimming, doing yoga, running errands, lounging around the house. It really doesn't matter. These are versatile clothes. You'll find me often in the men's Sunday performance jogger because I I like the jogger situation that goes on down at the bottom, but they're very comfortable. Uh, They've got a little bit of a shorter inseam, so they're not as bulky as as other pants or other joggers that I have seen out there, and I've really enjoyed how they work both in and out of the gym. So now, here's what you can do for four our listeners. Uh, First-time purchasers are getting 20% off. All you have to do is go to viori.com slash first. That's V-U-O-R-I.com slash first. Again, not only will you receive 20% off your first order, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75. And here's my favorite part, free returns. Yeah, go check it out. Viori.com slash first and discover the versatility of Viori clothing. Did you know that more than 75% of Americans will experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only 10% will seek out a solution for that pain? Those numbers do not add up to me, and I know it can be confusing, the biomechanics of the foot, the bones, the muscles, everything in between, but solving foot pain is simple, and that's where Superfeet comes into play. These Superfeet insoles go into your shoes, give your feet comfort and support where they need it the most, and redistribute the forces that reduce both stress and strain through your entire body, not just your feet. Insoles have been 
uh, phenomenal for me uh, personally, and they are clinically proven to decrease fatigue, reduce injury, and improve comfort. I can attest to that myself, especially when walking uh, a lot of golf holes that I play. So if you feel good, you play good, you look good, everything works out from there and it starts from the bottom up. Visit superfeet.com and enter promo code FIRST at checkout for 15% off your first order plus free shipping. And we're back. We did pretty good on bets. I personally did not. I'm the only loser that we have for the week. I got a little cocky. Mark, bottle of wine, en route, enjoy it. I owe you one of those. Would someone please text Greg Ducharme because I'm still waiting for him to pay from last year. I mean, come on now. What's this about being a prompt payer thing? Doesn't it work here on this podcast? Mine will get there before Greg's will at this pace, I'm sure. Uh, and you are now 2-0 in wine wagers. So as soon as you brought that up and you were willing to put a bottle of wine on it, I was like... I regret this, but we, I now I got to go with it. <laughs> I just I've got to commend you for the folks that aren't aware of what the wine bet was. Uh, uh, Rick was all brave about picking Russell Knox over Ben Taylor, who probably no one had heard of, and I just knew Ben was a good player, and so I was, I was like, I'll bet wine on that. But Rick, I must commend you, buddy, because they both missed the cut. But my guy was two under, and yours was even. Yeah, props for saying, <laughs> okay, you still won the bet. That was big of you because anyone else, heck, I probably would have said, hey, they both missed the cut. That's a wash for a bet. So good on you, man. So we graded it the way a sports book would have graded it. So it is, you are deserving of it. It's it is on its way. Uh, Kyle, 44% ROI. Take that every single week, my man, wouldn't you? For sure. I mean, when I'm, th- when I'm putting... 70 bets out a week i'll take any roi <laughs> your big uh your victories were charles Howell top 20 you got that at two to one joaquin neiman to finish in the top 10 also at two to one you got charles Howell in a three ball over brendan todd and brian Harmon, and you cashed uh colin morikawa in a three ball against harris english and hideki matsuyama uh you were very anti harris english that turned out to be correct you almost cashed the harris english to miss the cut at four mm. to one but to no avail yeah, the the he he shot like us. He was even on the first day, and if you weren't shooting sixty seven or sixty six, you were in you were in trouble. So, um, yeah, I you know I loaded up on Charles Howell. I probably I, I owe him a uh, I owe him one of those uh, swinging Pete hats I was wearing on on Tuesday. Uh, shoot me the link for one of those because uh, I'm gonna end up, I'm gonna end up with a swinging Pete hat eventually here at some point. Mark, let's pull up your betting card real quick. Joaquin Neiman takes you to a big return, ninety two percent ROI. You got him as top South American at plus two twenty five. You got him to win a group. How about this one? He beat out Abraham Answer, Ryan Palmer, Russell Henley, Kevin Kisner, and Cam Smith. You got that at plus three thirty three, and you tacked on Alonto Griffin bet over Sergio Garcia so you are rocking and rolling here yeah it was a good week I had to come back from the disastrous week I had in Maui but no that's beside the point and and I'll tell you but for a bounce putt from Chris Kirk on 17 and maybe just one other down on 18 it could have been a playoff which would have been really stout but you know I'm 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 happy with the day I, I learned a big lesson from you last week when you're like if I just do this and I just be consistent about this through the year I'm gonna be in good shape so so I'm happy enough that's exactly right. Uh, I'm, I'm actually shocked that thing didn't didn't end in a playoff the way it was trending towards the end there. But it is Coach who has the big winning week. He goes four for four on his betting card, and it involved three matchups. So you won Russell Henley over Ryan Palmer. You won Webb Simpson over Colin Morikawa. That one got tight at the end. You won Joaquin Neiman over Abraham Answer. That was an easy one. And then you capped it off, Coach, with Joaquin Neiman to finish inside the top 10 at two to one, and you won on every single wager you put out there. I felt really good about my picks this week, obviously. And, and, but that is absolutely my game plan is I'm going to grind, grind, grind. Cause we've got what 36 weeks left and I have to, at some point, And I know this guys, I've got to put up a plus 300 or 400. I've, I've got to hit one of those, but if I can do this every single week, then I'm going to catch you guys. I'm going to pass you guys and I'm going to stay in, in front and it's also nice when you cast a couple on Friday. That was nice, too. You don't have to worry about it. But uh, I think we all did pretty well this week. And uh, th- I've never had a hard – you, you guys are raising the level of my game, my golf handicapping game, because I'm working with the absolute best in the business. And I've got to bring it or I'm going to get passed every single week. So thank you, guys. 
All right, let's put a bow on the one and done. Uh, Greg Ducharme, not here to defend himself, misses a cut with Abraham Answer, gets zero dollars. I'm not sure if we actually just if we just gave him Answer because he said it like nine days ago. Now you picked it. Oh yeah, he did actually put this figure. Okay, (laughs) I didn't know if we just assigned that. I thought that was a great pick too. (laughs) Hey, I'll tell you what. You know what it is? Great pick for next week. Goes back to a place he finished second. Watch for him next week. Gets mm-hmm. off the island early. Yeah, Greg was a week early. Uh, producer Jacob had Brendan Todd, who fell to T41, got him 24000 KP with Kevin Kisner, who, I'll tell you what, he got you 34000 But the thing with Kiz, uh, he was one of the most popular DFS players this week. Made an eagle on his 36th hole to make the cut on the number, Kyle. So at least he got you something. Yeah, I saw that on Friday. I was sweating that one out. Um, I, I, sh- I don't know. I, I, I always panic when Jacob texts me about my one and done because I, I always have like three guys, and then I just freak out and pick somebody else. I should have gone with <laughs> my original. My original inkling was Charles House, so that would have been a little bit better, but um, not as good as you three. So you know what my strategy is when when producer Jacob sends that text, he says, "Hey, drop your one and done." I I want to be the first to respond because once you guys start picking people, I start getting real inside my head. I start getting nervous <laughs> about it, and I'm like, "Well, if I don't want to take the same guy or whatever," so yeah. like I get I just try to be the first man in when when producer Jacob sends out that text. Um, Coach, so you had Russell Henley, who ends up in a tie for 11th. We talked about this before we went hot. Basically, I don't know what he do. Par his first 11, 12 holes, something like that. A little bit of a disappointing day, but he gets you T11 money. It's worth 153000 which moves you up over 2 point. Nope, I'm wrong. It gets you to $1.4 because you started with a million uh, two weeks ago. You got Xander, and now you got Russell Henley. Yeah, I'm averaging 200000 a week, which is a pretty good start, I think. But I, I feel like a golfer today because I, I feel like I left some out there. I feel like like it, this should be a, a $200,000, $250,000 payday, and it's not. So I, I, I can't honestly say I'm, I'm super happy about it. But I'll take 153000 every week and, and take it straight to the pay window. So it is what it is, but I certainly feel like I left some money out there. I redeem myself a hair with a Daniel Berger T7 to earn $200,000. I am now solidly in third place, but we are all chasing Mark Immelman, who not only uh, uh, went into the Sony Open as our leader, but he also extended with Joaquin Neiman. And he also made sure to tell us the first thing he said before he said hello was looks like the one and done champ extended his lead. Yeah, I was hoping that was going to be your lead. Uh, no, I, I can sort of, I can sympathize with Kyle because when I got the text late on Wednesday uh, from Jacob, it was like, who are you picking? And I was like, dang, I was between English and, uh, and Neiman. And I was really up in the air with the whole thing. But in the end, I just decided, I, I looked up the chat and I saw that you had taken burger with that very clever gif of the, the hamburger. Which I'm like, okay, that's smart. So I had to think of something that I could kind of sort of come back with. And so I thought the avocado, how about uh, the, the the Chilean and the avocado sponsorship? So it worked out well this week, thankfully. I'm going to start finding gifts that are pretty ambiguous, like if it could be taken as burger or it could be taken as like Wees burger and like whoever has the better week, I get that guy. That's that's really my my game plan in all of this. Gentlemen, I think that'll do it. We are headed to California. Kyle, hi. I, I remember my third thing. Oh, please. Kevin Nas logo on the back of his shirt. We could we need 45 more minutes for this. It's it's unreal. So just for those who missed it, Kyle tweeted this out. Um, Kevin Na, apparently, and I completely agree with your assessment of this, has a screen printed version of himself (laughs) reaching down into the cup to pick up a ball early on the back of his shirt. Mark, I don't think that's an official sponsorship, but it's good to see it on there. That's just a flex. You know, it's like Phil's got his logo on his shoes, you know, of the Phil with a two-inch vertical after he won the Masters. And, you know, when you become a big dog, you get your own logo. Uh, like Sevy had the fist pump on the 18th. And and, and, oh my God, and, and uh, Kev, Kevin's doing this. I mean, like, just, just like a friend of the party, uh, um, Ian Poulter, who's te- uh, you, you know, you, you monetize your situations. And, and, and the one thing, if you say Kevin Nard to your average golfer, they're going to be like, oh, isn't the dude? He's isn't he the dude who walks to the cup before the ball's there? And so maybe this is just a money making opportunity for Nasa. Good on you, Kyle. I, I I am certainly no artist. I can't draw a stick figure, but th- we got to do something better than this, right? This isn't great. Well, it's it's not simple enough. It's it's it looks like a 
it looks like a full-blown sketch and then you try to put that on a piece of clothing and it, it doesn't it doesn't work and by the way i think to have something like this you you have to have won a major like Phil actually, <laughs> Phil actually is a big dog. Kevin Na, look, great career, better career than than most guys ever on the PGA Tour. But you, you can't, you can't do this. This is, this is, it's hilarious, but it's, it's a little much for me. That's saddening to that you would say that because I'm waiting for the KP designed uh, sweater or cap or something. I'm going to get you down the track when the KP is sort of done like JT or something like that. Now there's there, that's the oversaturation of personalized logos on the PGA tour. That needs to be its own podcast. It, it's not good. It's not a good situation. What, like you mean this one over there? So. I, think I, yeah. I think I have my Rick Rungood shirt on. Hold on. No, no, no. No, no I'm, talking about, I'm talking about the specifically the initials. Like JT, there was an HM. Hunter Mahan had his own logo. Uh, I think – um, Rose has one, a weird one, I think. Yeah, Jordan. it's not It's not good. Well, Spieth is big enough to where, you know, you, you can actually do it. But I don't – so here's a quick one. Who's got the coolest one? Because I tell you what, I, I like Adam Scott's with the S's that are sort of reflecting each other, and Serge's is pretty cool as well. Is uh, that an Adam Scott logo, or is that a is that a brand? I think that's a brand that he. That's his. He's his, he has that line, I believe, within Uniqlo, the clothing that he wears. Oh, uh, okay. That makes he, sense. TJ has that lowercase D that is whatever. Uh, yeah. Uh, real quick, I don't know if Producer Jacob can bring up that Kevin Nash shirt again. And and this is my issue with it is it, it's all it, it, it the foot movement is motion, right? So there's just like a weird little white strip that shows like his foot is moving, which doesn't come across very well. On on there it is right here. So like you see where his his that's him picking the ball up early, but it looks like he's on a skateboard or a hovercraft. You know what that actually reminds me of the more I look at it, because I had not noticed this logo. You guys are way more alert than I am. Um, that is very reminiscent of the putt on 17 when he's playing alongside Tiger at the playoff uh, at the players. When 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 he knocked it in and then Tiger had the joke with him when he knocked it in the same sort of way and the crowds went crazy over there. That looks very much like that putt on 17. That's probably what they use for inspiration. Yeah, I'm sure. I assume. All right. Well, I'll uh, I'll pick up a couple and walk around Vegas, see if I can run into him. He'd be probably stoked. <laughs> Could you imagine if I was wearing that and I ran into him out there? If you've got signed Sung JM golf shoes, you've got to have a Kevin Nott nah, t-shirt with a logo on it. Come on now. It is right. Uh, all right, gentlemen. We are headed to California. Thank you very much. Producer Jacob behind the glass. Big shout out to you, Mark Immelman. Thank you very much. You can find him on Twitter at Mark underscore Immelman. Coach is in and out. I think we lost him, but you can follow Coach at the Coach Rules. Kyle Porter, thank you very much. You can follow him at at Kyle Porter CBS. You can follow me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut, and we'll catch you next time. Okay, picture this it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.